0: Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right into today's message. Well, Welcome to church, everybody. Welcome to Release City. We are so glad. How many excited you in the house today? You guys look amazing in your white today. You look amazing in your white today. Some of y'all went straight out, white pants, white shirt. I mean, white hair, all that. Well, that probably was not. Anyway, let me just move right out of that ditch I just drove back into. Um, You guys look amazing today. If you missed uh, the opportunity to get in on the t-shirt order, um, I believe we are starting one today, uh, a new, sh- a new uh, shirt order uh, that we want to get, and we'll run that this week and next um, so that we have an opportunity to get the shirts to print and back uh, before the Easter event. Um, that way, everybody who's serving that day, they know exactly who to come to uh, for an amazing, amazing time. More details to come on that, but it's just going to be an exciting, exciting time. I want to also just take a moment to welcome those that are uh, tuned in through Facebook Live and podcasts, whether you're in your car, on a treadmill, wherever, whatever you're doing, we are so glad that you have connected with us today with what God is doing in this house. How many believe that He is doing something in this house? Amen. How many can say He's doing something in me? Amen, 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 amen. amen. Over the past few weeks, we've been discussing marriage, specifically love and marriage, part one. We actually talked a little bit in part two about sex in marriage. Now, those of you that are here for the very first time, you're like, oh my gosh, did he just say that word in church? Absolutely. And I'll say it again, not the word, but I'll say this, the, the condition of our culture and our world, our nation is in the condition that it is in is because the church has refused to talk about what the world is talking about, which God created, and they're misinterpreting what God wanted and what he intended from the very beginning because the church has hit its head in the sand and refused to talk about it because they're afraid people might feel uncomfortable. Sometimes we need to get uncomfortable about truth amen? And so we talked about that, and then last week, uh, we talked about parenting God's way, uh, because how many knows when you do it God's way, it's always best, amen? Amen. And so it doesn't mean we always get it right. Hello, parents. Uh, But we are a work in progress, amen? I tell my my girls that all the time. Daddy's a work in progress. I don't always get it right, but I'm going to be consistent in moving forward, Amen? amen? Now, in case you're one of those folks that you 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 have this thought where in the world does pastor b come up with these topics i mean marriage sex finances i mean he'll talk about it all i just believe if you haven't figured it out by now i want to go ahead and tell you that i am not your traditional pastor okay um, I, that's just not me. It, it, it's going to be jeans and a hat, you know, when it, when it can be. I just believe that, that everything about Jesus when he walked this earth was relatable to people. If I'm not relatable, the message that I have is no good to you. Amen. And so I just believe that, that we should come in here with all walls down, all, all, all Halloween masks off, and let's just be real about life. Sometimes life gets messy. Sometimes family gets messy. Sometimes raising kids can get messy. Hello? Amen, and I just believe we need to go to God's word and see what God, because I just believe that it's not just, it's not just a book that, was, that is ancient. It actually was written over 2,000 years ago. And, and there is stuff in there that translates to today. We think that the stuff that's, 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 that's in front of us and and in the news media and on our newsfeed, we think some of that stuff, people confused about gender identity and all those things. We think that that just rose on the scene. That stuff is in the Bible. And so we got to go to the Bible to see what God says about how we should be living life according to his, his word. Amen. And so that's the pastor that you got. Sometimes it's going to be great. Sometimes it's going to be tough, but it's always going to be from him. Amen. So I am glad you are here today. I'm already in preach mode. So let me just keep going. Takes me a few minutes to get that engine rolling, but I'm, I'm there. And so I've always said that most messages that not most, all every single message that God gives me to share with this church and this body is typically things that I'm going through. And then there are other things that, that, um, that I may be going through personally. And then there are some things that God just gives me a burden for. Amen. And that's exactly why we're gonna begin unpacking today's topic together. If you brought your Bibles, let's go to the book of Colossians chapter three. Again, there are certain words um, Like the S word, there are certain things like money that people it's a trigger word for them, especially in church. Because we feel like when we come to church, we're supposed to have it all together. (laughs) That's a joke just thinking about it. Like we're supposed to come in here and present that, hey, I've been with God all week and and on my job, I have I've just, even though they crossed me, I said all the things that the Bible says I should say. You a lie. You have not. I guarantee, because your flesh looks just like mine, and sometimes flesh stinks. Hello, you know when somebody cuts you off in traffic, and then that light stops stops them, and you get to the light and you look over, like, what all that do for you back there? All that that you did, what? Look at you now, you right here by me. I know how y'all do. Oh, is that just me? I got tinted windows. I roll mine down so they can see my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you, I told you, it's just real, raw, and sometimes sensitive. Today we're going to talk about, um, it's going to include one word that is another S word that is a trigger word for a lot of people, but I want you to lean into God's word today. I believe that he has something for all of us. Colossians chapter 3 verse 18 says this, wives... I feel like I need to go behind a wall to preach this message today. (laughs) Can I go back behind the curtain? Wives, hold on guys, y'all laughing, but I'm coming for us too. (laughs) Wives, submit to your husbands as this is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Now I wanna stop right there for just a second and explain something. Yes, I understand that that's a trigger word. It was also a trigger word back during the days that this was written, what I want you to understand, and what the writer was trying to say, was, this "submit to your husbands" was a radically different was radically different um, from first century culture. See, first century culture, it, it told a woman that they had to submit to any man. If you're in the marketplace and a man who is not your husband asks you to do something, you submit to him because he's a man. That was first century culture. Okay. But Paul was doing, but what Paul was doing was introducing to them a new way of thinking. He, he was actually elevating women in this new covenant, and he was telling them, you don't have to listen to every man. Matter of fact, you don't have to submit to just any man just because he's talking to you. Paul is actually freeing them from a traditional way of thinking because of the new covenant relationship. So what he was saying was, wives, submit to your husbands as this is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Verse 19, Paul goes on to say, husbands, love your wives. There's another verse in the Bible that says, as Christ loves the church. Who gave himself for the church? Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Men, we're all in the same boat together. I know it's real tense in here. It goes on to say, Children, always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. There's another verse in Ephesians that says, um, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right, and so your days will be long. <laughs> Y'all remember that saying, I brought you in this world, baby, I can take you out? I think that's where that scripture came from. I think that's where it came from. So that your days will be long. You want a long life? Obey your, no, I'm just, but that's what he was saying, but this is not that verse. I just thought it was the most perfect time to point that out. Then he goes back to, to the dads, and he says, fathers, do not aggravate your children, or they will become discouraged. I just got the biggest eyeballs looking at me. Y'all were y'all here last week when, or was it the week that I was it last week that I was talking about? Yeah. Last week I was talking about our girls, and I said, This would be the Sunday they watched. I got a phone call after church. Dad, I watched service today. I said, I bet you did. <laughs> and you know why she did? Because my daughter, this one in, in the room, texted her and said, Hey, dad's talking about you today. <laughs> So I guess it works both ways I don't know Fathers do not aggravate your children Or they will become discouraged I want to read one more verse for you And then we're going to unpack this Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 14 says this Remember the Lord who is great and awesome And fight for your families Remember the Lord who is great and awesome You know what that means? He is in your corner. And when God is in your corner, you cannot lose. Fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. What am I saying? I'm saying fight for what really matters. Because if we're not careful, we'll actually fight for things at the expense of our family. I thought when we purchased these for a prop that it was just gonna be a one-time thing. I've actually brought these out several times. And then the Holy Spirit, I was, he's, he's like, your gloves are back there, get them. I was like, yeah, but I've been using this all the time. He says, yeah, and people need to be reminded that fighting for your family is not a one-time deal. You don't just come to church when things are rough in your house and then go back out and go, I th- I'll take it from here, God. This is a daily thing. But what we got to be careful of is we don't put these on, and I get Amy to put hers on, and then we go at it. It's cool that we're sparring partners, but the fight isn't against our spouse. The fight is for our marriage, and we fight together. Amen? Amen. Give Jesus Christ a praise often right there if you believe it. I want to speak to you for the next few moments, 30, 35 minutes or so, from this subject worth... Fighting for Worth fighting for Everybody say, my family Is worth fighting for Nudge your neighbor, tell them, say, your family Is worth fighting for This week I've had families On the brain I've had families On my heart This week I've been praying for families I know there's a lot of Tragedy and things happening in our community In the lives of family I'm well aware of that and it's sometimes difficult as the shepherd to disconnect from what's happening and offer hope. But I'm here today to tell you that when you lean on Christ, he will never fail. And when you go to the bucket of, of Christ, he'll, there'll always be something there that you can pull from. Yes. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. And so I've been praying for your family this week. I've been praying for this family, this house. So our focus for the next few moments Is gonna be your family. Welcome to church. Anytime you focus on something, two things happen. Focusing on anything gives increased attention to. And secondly, when you focus on it, it reduces and minimizes the opportunity for distraction. This is the biggest distraction our phones. Any of y'all lose service this week for AT&T? The distraction was, oh my gosh, I can't see what they're doing. I can't text. I can't call. Now, I understand there were some concerns of dialing 911 of those things, but sometimes I think God allows things to go silent so that we can hear his voice mo' better. (laughs) So in this passage in Colossians, the Apostle Paul was giving us some final instructions to the church on how we should live and what's really important and what our response should be and how we speak to one another. How you speak to that person sitting next to you is important. The tone you use, the words you use, whether that's your spouse, a family member, or a member of this this body, this family. And right here in chapter 3, he really starts putting the emphasis on family. What's important to point out is before God created a nation, before God created a specific group of people, and even before he created the church, God created family. Family is important. In my studies this week, I came across this interview between this Jewish guy who follows the Torah. He, he's not a Christian, uh, and he'll tell you that. Um, and he, it was an interview between the Jewish guy and an atheist. This is a true story, by the way. This is not a pastor makeup, okay? And the young atheist was arguing with the Jewish guy on the importance of family and how the family unit in America is collapsing. And the young atheist told the man, I don't understand why you're making this such a big deal about The family, he said, the family unit is not really important anyway, and actually, it's relatively a new idea, spoken like a true Gen Z. That went over your head, but that's okay. You just didn't know if you are supposed to laugh. It's okay to laugh. To which the Jewish guy responds, and I quote, well... For at least the past 6,000 years, God's idea and God's definition of family has been the most important idea in any society, end quote. What was he saying? Marriage isn't new. Family isn't a new thing. Family wasn't some idea that June and Ward Cleaver came up with in the 50s. The laugh from all the 45s and above, everybody else in the Gen Z is like, Google, oh, shoot, I don't have service. (laughs) That's because we got a blocker in the building. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Who is Joan and Ward Cleaver? They're really nobody. They're just the supporting actors to the actor, the beaver, right? Hello, leave it to beaver. Family has been God's idea from day one. Write this down. Where the family unit is strong, there is stability, security, opportunity, and eventually there will be prosperity. It's on the screen if you want to snapshot that because this should be our goal. Our goal should be to have strong families, not weak families. Where the family unit is strong, there is stability, security, opportunity, and eventually prosperity. Now, let me say this. If you're sitting here today and you go, Pastor B, this is all fine and dandy, but I come from a broken family. Listen, maybe you've recently gone through a divorce or or a breakup. Hear me. Don't let the enemy use God's word for you to unload condemnation on you. Let me say that again. Don't allow the enemy to use God's word to you today to unload condemnation on you. Because of something that you've been through, something you've done, something you've said, or a set of circumstances that were completely outside of your control. Here's what you got to remember. The devil only wants to talk about your past. I'm moving forward, I'm moving forward, and I won't move. See, the devil only wants to talk about your past. The Holy Spirit only wants to talk about your future. So what I'm saying to you today is, let's begin believing God for a better and brighter future in spite of what the the circumstances you may be in or coming out of at this moment. Amen? Amen. Let me drop a statistic on you. You may have heard this one. One in every four child or one in every four children in America will grow up in a home without a father. Friends, that is 19 million children who will grow up in a home without a dad. Hear me. The reason that our nation has become weak is because we have weak families. I understand it's election year, and it means it even more. The condition of our families, the condition of our nation is a result of the condition of our homes. What happens on school campuses is a result and a condition of the strength or weakness of your home. Listen, the number one thing you can do for your country is build a strong family. The number one thing, the best thing that we can do for our country. Yeah, but should I vote? Absolutely. Should I stay informed? No doubt about it. But your number one priority should be to invest and build a strong family unit. I was curled up in the recliner this morning, and I went and grabbed a present. I didn't know how God just told me to use it. And when I got to that point, he said, now. And I wrapped myself up in this blanket, and it's actually, was a present that was given to me by one of our leaders After dad and robin passed i'm telling you a lot of people knew dad a lot of you don't even know the story of how we're we're here today and i don't have the time to go into it but i can tell you it is built on a strong foundation and i'm gonna do this without crying so i'm just gonna show you what was given Y'all didn't even notice yesterday when I was at the table studying, I actually didn't go for the Buckeye blanket. I went for this one. Because I needed to be wrapped up in family. One of Dad's favorite, a quote that he'd heard so long ago, and he would share it with us often, it says this, only one life will soon, soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. You want to build a strong family? You want to have a strong community? Do it for Christ. Build and invest in your family. The quote, I wish I could remember it. Dad knew it by heart. It was Actually, I think he was in Canada, and there was a, a, there was a um, missionary that said, only one life will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. In Nehemiah, we read where Nehemiah told the people, fight for your families. Why would Nehemiah think this was so important to share? I'll tell you why. Because there's an enemy that wants families. See, God is trying to bring the families together, and the devil is constantly trying to divide, separate, and conquer family. He's doing it in your home, He's doing it in my home. He's doing it in this church. I'm not saying there's anything behind the scene going on. I'm just saying right now things are peaceful. But not everybody that walks in here comes in here because they love the church. They actually come in because they want to disrupt, divide, and conquer the church. They don't realize that's the mission. That's the mission always has been the mission. And we will make sure we serve and protect this house at all costs. Amen. Amen. Because while I'm speaking, I don't need to to worry about some Yahoo getting crazy. So we got people watching the room. Because when you start making a dent and an impact in the enemy's camp, you got a target on your back. But I don't live in fear. Something that I know to be true is everything that's good requires effort. If you want a good family, a good home, good family unit, it's gonna require some effort because anything that's good got there having gone through a struggle. A business, successful business. Any, any successful businessmen in here? Okay, check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, I mean, I, don't be bashful about it. Did you struggle any time? Are you in a struggle right now? (laughs) I'll go ahead and tell you one reason the struggle is because you're in this room today. Because being here, showing up, sometimes is a struggle. Being here, showing up, sometimes ain't always easy. But anything good requires effort and hard work. Do you know what's the number one reason for divorces in America? It's not adultery. It's not domestic violence or domestic dispute. It's irrinse... I always mess... it. Ir- irrinse- Thank you. I can never say that. I even wrote it. I-, I can't even... Y'all would laugh if you... Irreconcilable differences. You know why I said it there right? Because I put irreconcilable. I literally wrote the word because I can never say it. I know how to spell it, but I- even when I looked at it, I was like, my tongue said, nope, I'm going to mess you up here. Irrinse... Uh, ear uh, okay, let me just move off of it. She, we're going to take this off podcast. Y'all don't worry. I'm not going to look like an idiot because I really can talk. <laughs> Amy's like, move on. Okay, listen. <laughs> the number one reason for divorce is not adultery. It's not domestic violence. It's you looking at your spouse going, hey, babe. <laughs> Whoa, you different. You're different. You're different than what I was at the altar with. That's different. That's that word that I'm not going to try to say again. That word is a lazy word. That word represents laziness, selfishness, and I refuse to change. I refuse to work. I refuse to put any effort in. I'm not going behind the wall or the curtain. I'm just going to tell it like it is. See... It's, 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 it's couples going, I I didn't realize this was going to be so much work (laughs) because you a hot mess. Remember this, write this down. Marriage is a covenant you keep, not a contract you get out of. Marriage is a covenant you keep, not a contract you get out of. You don't make a covenant. Some of the old schools, remember this, you cut a covenant. Y'all remember old school contracts? Break out that pocket knife, get some of that deer stuff off of it, right? Come here, buddy. That's a covenant. You don't make a covenant, you cut a covenant. See, when God gave Adam a helpmate, what'd he do? He cut Adam and pulled Eve out of him. God opened Adam up and pulled from within sight of him his rib and made Eve. See, you can't have a real marriage without a cutting. Oh, that hurts. Oh, that's not how I saw my parents do it. Ooh, this is. But I, I really want it to be this way because this is what I know. It requires us to cut away at our selfishness, selfishness. It requires us to sometimes have our pride cut. Sometimes it requires us to have our ego cut. Listen, if you want a marriage based on real love, it's going to require sacrificial love, not based on convenience. Y'all remember dating and courting and fonding or whatever y'all called it in your day? I'm in the generational thing now. I don't know what you called it. It was work doing some of that stuff. It was work getting up early to go to Burger King and and, and, and drop off that, that ham and cheese croissant. sandwich. Don't do that. Okay. Chris croissant-wich. croissantwich, Whatever. And then drive an hour away to work. That was not convenient. Go on about y'all, I like to sleep. But how many knows love will make you do crazy things? And you show up, they're like, didn't I have to see you yesterday? Yep, and you're gonna see me tomorrow too. Here's your money. At the window at Burger King in Valley, Alabama Got me a valley girl Now you know where she came from Y'all just thought that twang was so sweet from heaven No, it came from Alabama (laughs) With a banjo on her knee I'm just kidding (laughs) Okay, y'all know I just put humor in there to keep keep things alive Listen It's true A great marriage won't just happen A great family won't just happen. You got to fight for it. Why? Because everything that is good requires effort. Anything good always has a target on its back. Write that down. That's what God gave me late yesterday afternoon. Anything good always has a target on its back. Anything good always has an enemy to what is good. If you got something good, you better know the enemy's coming for it. There's an enemy after your home. There's an enemy after your marriage. There's an enemy after your children. There's an enemy after your future. There's an enemy after your business. He's not trying to cause y'all to have a little disagreement. He's trying to separate, divide, and conquer. Stop falling into the enemy's games. But I like it this way, and I like it that way, and you should have done this, and you should have done that. Can I ask you a question? When do thieves typically break in? When the family is asleep. In this world, this world is a dark world. But when we constantly stay in his word, it provides light. You got to stay on point. We just had this conversation with our safety and security team last week. Remember I told you you got eyes on this place? We can't get sleepy or slumber and just walk in and think just the convenience of church and, you know, safety and all of that. We got to always be looking because the Bible says the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He needs to know when he hits the doors, there's some gentleman that's got eyes on them and a hand on a hip. Because we're living in a dark, dark world, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't have to be up here to tell you that. You know that. Amen. We were in New Orleans not so long ago visiting Taryn and PJ, and we were walking down the streets, and it's in the day. All the crazy people were still in bed from the craziness of the night before, and Amy, walked; we're walking hand in hand. And, she, and I wasn't going to say it because I, I know how sometimes anxiety can, can hit her. And she looked at me, and she goes, you feel that? It just feels dark, like evil. That's the world we're living in. Bottom line, and I'm going to move on. You won't get a good marriage and a good family without a fight. All right, let's break down Colossians, and then we're going to go home. Everybody good? Okay. First thing we read in Colossians was there was a call to wives. Paul said, wives, submit. Now, submit derives from the word submission. I've taught a little bit, of, a little bit on this before, so you may recognize this. Sub means to get under. And mission is exactly what it is, the mission. So it's coming under and support of the mission of the marriage. Now, let me say this. Submission or submission or submitting is not being a doormat. Okay? It does not mean that if you're in an abusive relationship, I'm telling you to stay. No, listen. Submission is not accepting verbal abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, or sexual abuse. Submission is the act of getting behind and supporting the mission of God, excuse me, of what he has called you to, what he's called you to do together. Because just because you see my face up here for 35 minutes, she and I are in covenant and we are in this together, And even this morning, there was a a subject that came up in prayer that that pricked my heart a little bit. And all she did was she reached down and she grabbed my hand. That's all I needed. It just, it just. Submission is lovingly supporting your husband while at the same time understanding your unique gift and your unique role in the marriage. So let me say this to all the men. Men, you've got to have a mission for her to get behind. You've got to have a mission for her to sub to you got to create vision you got to create a future you got to you got to create plans ideas that your wife can support we're all the time making plans about where we want to go vacation wise or or just a quick little trip out so we can spend time together you got to make that stuff intentional I'm not going to go back and re-preach a message but if you're not dating your spouse you need to start dating again you got to give her something to support men the date nights that we just talked about two weeks ago, just pick where you're going to take her that night. I know. I've been doing this wrong for a long time. Hey, babe, where you want to go? Hey, babe, where you want to go? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Babe, where you want to go? I've even done stupid stuff like I'm driving on Archer Road till it dead ends until you tell me because I'm not pulling in anywhere. Because I know. We've had those conversations. Well, you should have known. We've been married 20 years. You should know where I, that I don't like that place anymore. Right? <laughs> So, men, I'm telling you, listen, they, they got to make, mine specifically, she got to make decisions all day long. She don't want to come on and make another decision. You just say, hey, we're going to Carrabba's. Yeah, but I don't really want pasta. No, that, that's where we're going because I want to go there. We're going to Carrabba's. Give her something to sub to. I was just being funny right there. If you're brave enough to do that. <laughs> I'm serious. Give her something to sub to. I can get away with a lot more when I'm in here. But she will remember when I get home. You said, what? Tell me what was going on in your brain. Make that make sense, boy. <laughs> Don't you ever call me a boy. <laughs> Baby, I'm your man. Okay. Listen, thanks. I'm just, I'm just trying. But I go home by myself. We good in here. <laughs> He's talking about, I got your back, B. <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to put some tools in your hands to build strong families Ladies, I'm gonna tell you what a man's mega need is And it's not sex Y'all thought I was already done with that word I figured since we talked about it one week, I can go ahead and say it again Just the word, just the word, just the word A man's mega need is honor I've said this before A man's mega need is honor A man doesn't, listen a man doesn't just want honor, a man needs honor. Li- ladies, listen to me. This is so important. If you're married, your man needs honor. If you're dating, if you're anticipating a ring coming in the future, you need to form an atmosphere of honor. Now, back to the married couples, because I don't want to confuse. I just went, but I got to say this. Does he need sex? Yes, he does. But it's actually secondary. Secondary. Sex is a result of intimacy. Wait, I, 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 thought, I thought sex and intimacy were the same thing. Mm-mm. No, intimacy refers to a closeness and a true intimacy is a result of selflessness and honor. Did you follow me? I don't want to go back to that. Ladies, I want to tell you what you can do for your husband above anything else. Create an atmosphere of honor. I am putting a tool in your house, in your hands, that you will take back to your home. Today, I'm telling you, there is a king inside of every man that needs to be spoken to. It has a desire to be spoken to. And it will be spoken to. It's important that you make sure that it's your words and not someone else's. Did you hear me? Because there is an enemy who is a, like a roaring lion who is roaming to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. So create an atmosphere, an environment where he feels honored and appreciated. Here's words we love to hear. Now, just, this is just some of them, okay? Real basic. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but he should be taken out the trash. Yeah, but I did. I did put the toilet. You should have put the toilet seat down, but I did, so. Thank you. That's not. (laughs) Okay. Y'all helping me with the message today. (laughs) And on that one, too. Oh, my gosh. I think I just embarrassed myself. (laughs) Uh, We like to hear things like, you can do this. You got this. You got what it takes, babe. That's stuff we like to hear. When she grabbed my hand this morning, she said so much in just a hand squeeze. Can I tell you where that started? It started a long time ago, but can I tell you, like last night we were here, she wasn't even feeling good, and I was like, hey, babe, I gotta go up to the church and and set things out that are supposed to be out and get everything ready and make sure the air's down and all those responsibilities that I have. And, And right where Tammy's sitting, Amy was sitting on the back wall in that red chair, and I finished up and, she came with me and, and I spun that metal chair around I sat in front of her I said, hey babe I stay in the camera hey babe how am I doing? am I doing good? What can I, do to, what can I do to show you that I love you? am I making you feel secure? am I making you feel pursued? we went through a lot of questions and then, and then we kind of looked around the room and we said, hey, how do you think we're doing? At this place, we don't really, usually when I walk in here, it's because I'm on a mission to do something. That was the coolest thing to sit down. And how do you, babe, how do you think we're doing with this? Like since 2020, you think, you think dad and Robin will be proud? I see, I see, I didn't do that for that, but I see, I see so much growth in people. And I said, I feel like so, I feel like often we come in and we're so ministry. You just uh, accelerated 90 to nothing all the time. I said, I don't want to take for granted what God is doing in this house. Amen. Amen. So I said all that to say, something happened last night. and well, I've not even told you. I, I just, it, there was a connection that happened. It was intimacy, actually, if you want to be honest. And then when I had a moment to just, a momentary meltdown, he just, she grabbed my hand and it was like, There was so much honor that happened right there. I got you. You got this. Let's go. Create an environment and an atmosphere of honor. Now let me speak to what has unfortunately become another sensitive subject. Are y'all good? I know we're approaching 12. I'm not going to go much longer, but i got to give you just a few more of these items. Y'all good? Okay. Don't get quiet on me now. There are two types of feminism. There's there's a real feminism and there's 2024 Western feminism. Real feminism is we're equal. This is real feminism. We're equal. You're human. You are created in the image of God. We're equal. 2024, Western feminism, I don't need a man. I can buy myself flowers. I can write my own name in the sand. If Molly Cyrus is a person you're looking up to, listen, if you take on that I don't need a man of today's culture, you will repel men and you will repel your husband. And I'm here today to tell you there are some marriages where the woman has stepped in and taken the reins. And I'm telling you, you, are not, you are, that's a dishonor to what God has, has set forth from day one. I know I'm on dangerous ground right now. Listen. Listen. Honoring your man is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. Being submissive to the mission is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of absolute strength. Men need need honor. Men need to be rewarded. Whatever they're doing right, that needs to be acknowledged. Because y'all be acknowledging what we do wrong. Hey, babe, trash needs to be taken out two days later. You know the trash still needs to go out? We hear what we do wrong. We also need to hear, your husband needs to hear what he is excelling at in doing right. Okay? Okay, let me move. Because I'm not bashing or beating up on. I'm not bashing or beating up on, ladies. Hear my heart. Sometimes going and getting in the ring hurts. Breaking down muscles, going to the gym and breaking down what you're trying to. That doesn't make any sense. I'm breaking down, but you're actually gaining strength. Breaking down the things in your home and your marriage that shouldn't be there will actually strengthen your marriage. The second thing we saw in Colossians is a call to husbands. Let me move to the husband's. Y'all still here? Yeah, we're here. You can't say nothing's gonna hurt our feelings. (laughs) Paul commands us to love our wives and not to be harsh with them. When I've said she's a princess, she is. I'm referring, yes, we have a little princess in the house. She fin to be a princess at Connor's house. But but Amy is my princess. She's my queen. Permission to get real and transparent for a moment? Here's what this means. Men, you've got to be ruthless against anger and lust. There are the the two biggest marriage killers is lust and anger. To love her and to not be harsh with her means I'm pushing lust and anger out of my life. Period. I told y'all, transparency, when we came to the fast, my, my word was gentleness. I need to learn to be more gentle. That's, that's what I have to work on. Because there's the Dennis Weber in my DNA that's cutting and straight to the point. That can also be, that can also be interpreted as harsh. Towards her. Let me say this. Yes, there is an expectation of sexual expression in marriage. Okay? There is an expectation. But hear me. Your spouse is not responsible for your purity. Yes, there's an expectation. We all have them. But your wife is not responsible for your purity. Well, if you won't... She's also not responsible for your response to your frustration. Men, y'all still here with me? Because this was loaded for me this week. So as a husband, if there's lust in your heart and anger in your heart, You will sabotage your own marriage. And pornography comes in all kinds of different forms today. And it comes through your phone absolutely free of charge. But it's not free. It will cost you everything. So I've got to get the anger out of me. If I ever want there to be intimacy and a connection with my wife... Men, you want to know what a woman's mega need is? Security. Not romance. It's security. A woman's mega need isn't sex, although... Excuse me. A man's mega need isn't sex, although he needs it. And a woman's mega need isn't romance, although she needs that too. A woman wants to know, am I safe? That was one of the questions I asked her last night. I started working out my message, but she didn't even know it. Gentlemen. Let me tell you what would destroy her, her, her security the fastest if you have lust and anger. If she's afraid of you, which Amy is not. <laughs> it, listen, if she's afraid of you or if she feels she, she can't compete with other women, your marriage is about to take a wrong turn. So in our marriage... I have to make sure of two things, that Amy is not afraid of me and that she is not in competition with other women and that includes pornography and Instagram models. Trust me, it's a double barrel today and I felt the shots yesterday. When she feels secure, there will most definitely be intimacy and a connection there and most importantly, there will be trust. Here's words your, lady, your ladies need to hear. It's only, it's only you, babe. It's, it's only you, Amy. You can trust me. I'm responsible. There are no secrets. You got to make her feel that. Walking through a mall, an attractive girl comes by. That's a setup, by the way. And she says, hey, did you see that dress? No, babe, I ain't looking at nothing but you. <laughs> I will not fall for that. Who are you talking about? I'm not responsible for what I see, but I'm always responsible for what I look at. See, it can't be. Let me give you, let me give you three words that will help you, men. I'm coming down. I'm almost done. Let me give you three words that will help you. First one is this, pursuit. Men should be writing this down. Pursuit. Just because you put a ring on it doesn't mean you're done. We talked about that word cleave. And a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave. We think that's a one-time action. No, that's a constant pursuit of. I am constantly pursuing her. Sometimes, (laughs) <laughs> sometimes I'm running around the house trying to pursue her she got me this morning I was like she was just woke up in her little sleepy eyes and I had my house coat on with my gym shorts and she had her um, um, her house coat on oh I'm, I'm telling it and I was like oh we just had a moment back in the back of the church come here baby and I always open up my oh, I always open up my um, house coat just to, to feel the embrace and this girl had just washed her hands in cold water and I did not have a shirt on. And she went in and she said, bam. And I said, whoa. <laughs> whoa. I said, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. She got me. She got me. Boy, if I had these gloves <laughs> at the house this morning at 630, whoa. It was cold. Pursue. Sometimes pursuit is painful. <laughs> That's all I got to say. <laughs> it was painful. The second word is Protection. These are three words that will help you, men. Protection. Do you make your family feel safe? Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Here's my point. Every great family has to have a positive tone. And men, you set the tone in your home. What's the tone in your family? Is it cold? Is it quiet? Is it indifferent? Is it sarcastic? Is it doubtful, cruel, demeaning, or silent? The third word, provision. For most, of our mari- for most of our marriage, I have always had secondary income outside of ministry. Used to be detailing cars until I fell off the hood of a truck and was like, I'm too old for that. I did that for like six years. I, I was handling behind-the-scenes stuff for some of the local businesses here, social media-wise, always trying to. Why? Just show her I'm providing for her. Now, if your wife is the breadwinner, and she has been the breadwinner at different points of our marriage. Now, she'll try to tell you that was last week, but um, (laughs) I'm just kidding. I love you. Um, I'm not speaking against that. Let me say this. What What I am saying is there needs to be the communication and work ethic that your wife must see in you. Are you tracking me? She needs to know if everything fell through that you can swoop in and it's going to be okay. And can I tell you, when you have, when you, when you have God in your corner, it doesn't matter what, what happens. God will always stay in your corner and you will be okay if both of you are willing to fight through. I'm talking about hard times, things that happen, unexpected things, things you can't control. That's why it's important to stay in the house. Stay connected to the house. Stay connected to the source. You were never meant to do this life and pursue the purposes and plans of God on your life alone. Stay connected to the house. I can say that because I know what's in this house. And there is power. There is so much love in this room. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Amazing. All right, finally. There was a call to parents. I'm almost done. There was a call to parents in, in, the, in the verse we read. Fathers, do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. Let me, let me say this to all the parents. God has trusted you with that child. Not the grandparents, not the government, not a teacher. You. Yes, it takes a village, but the bulk of the responsibility is yours. And according to Apostle Paul, one of the biggest things you can do for your child is not to let them get discouraged. Why? Because discouragement is the doorway to oppression and depression. Discouragement. Yesterday, we're in wedding plans, and I knew, I'm not in on all the details, but I knew the flowers and those things, and I'm not just giving Ansley away. I'm actually facilitating the wedding. Y'all pray for me. And I was like, everything was real basic, so I sent her a picture of a suit that I had already cleared with her mother that I you know, was going to do. It needed to be a new suit, not one that I bought 10 years ago that might not fit like it needed to. I needed, this, is my, this is my baby girl's wedding. And I sent her this tan suit, and she fired back a text and said, Dad, you're kidding, right? Right? <laughs> Said, you can't wear that. She said, You will stand. All the guys are wearing black. She said, you can't, you can't do it. But she was not laughing. I didn't hear any laughing coming through that text. <laughs> Something about all caps is not funny, okay? I'm just saying. And so I quickly, she was on her way to work and I didn't know how long it would take for her to see the text, but I quickly said, Hey, it's okay. If I don't remember how I said it, but if, if, if the brown suit ain't it, then it's going to be the black suit, just like you say, Yes, ma'am. Right? Why? Because she's got all kinds of stuff on her plate right now. Going, her plate's right here, by the way. She got all kinds of details and stuff going on. I don't need to be the reason that something falls off the plate. You hear me? So, so I had to, I had to, I had to partake of my own message by saying, "Hey, it's gravy, baby. If it's black, then it's black." Okay, whatever. (laughs) Why? Because I didn't want her to get discouraged. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make a point. Okay In closing. How do we do that? This, I'm, I'm done. How do we do that? And then Cole's going to come and he's going to bless all just pray a prayer blessing over all the families. How do I do that? I listen. It means that no matter what season we are in, Amy and I are in, in life, with our girls, and the other two are married. Caitlin's got two boys. We have a responsibility to encourage them and keep their heads lifted up. You have a responsibility to keep her head up. I'm looking at you. Mamas, and I get it. Some of y'all are doing this on your own without a daddy in the picture. Listen, they need, listen, they need to hear. Oh, gosh, I'm fixing to jump on it. Listen, how are you going to do it? I was fixing to to give it to you before I gave it to you. So I'm going to give it to you. Then I'm going to give it to you. (laughs) Made no sense. Number one, you've got to speak life over your kids. Speak life over your kids. They must know that you believe in them. Not just their friends. Not just their boyfriend. Not just their fiance. they got to know that you believe in them. Not just their coach. Not just their teacher. You. You have to somehow... This is what I was getting ready to give you. You have to somehow outword the words that they're coming in. Your words have, you have to, you have to, if they hear a thousand words a day, which we know that's probably not, if they hear 10,000 words a day, you need to give them 20,000 of your words, and they need to be words of speaking life. Like, how in the world do I do that? They're at school for eight hours. How, how, how can I do that? Listen, those words that they're hearing, your words are more powerful. Your words invoke the power in the name of Jesus. Speak the name of Jesus. We sang that song at Forward Conference. I speak the name of Jesus over my family or something like that. Why? Because there's power in the name of Jesus. Your words carry power and authority. It does not mean that they walk in the door and you look up from whatever you're doing and go, hey, and then go back to what you're doing. Oh, I'm talking to me. I'm trying to work on a message. Angela, show me all stuff on. What do you think about this with the wedding? Buty me, buty me, me, me. I gotta, I gotta stop what I'm doing. And I don't always do a good job of it. Do I, Grace? Huh? Nope. I gotta get better, y'all. All I'm saying is we gotta do better. We gotta do a better job. Our girls, the, our girls that are married in, in Alabama and New Orleans. We, babe, we got, we gotta do, we gotta do a better job. Let's FaceTime appointments with them. Speak, speak life of your kids. Number two, lead well, lead well. You gotta lead them well. And number three, pay attention. A child spells love this way, T-I-M-E. And this one's hard for, for, has been hard and difficult for for Amy and I because we both have responsibilities that pull us in 5 million different directions but the greatest way that we can let Ansley Grace know that we love her and our other two girls is time. And that is quality over quantity, by the way. What am I saying? Fight for your families. Cole, you ready? What do I want you to know? When you leave here today, your family has an enemy. What do I want you to do? Fight for your family. Why? Because your family is worth fighting for. Amen. Amen. Do you believe that this morning? Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you. And until next time, the best (laughs) is yet to come.